So if you're just joining us for the first time, you're kind of coming in halfway in on a conversation. And if you've ever come in halfway on a conversation before, and you're a little bit awkward because you don't have the context of what's going on, you've missed what's happened, and you're kind of left guessing what's next. So just to ease that awkward tension, to make it uh, easy for everyone, I want to catch everyone back up by just reviewing the last two weeks in the next 90 seconds, and then we're going to get pumping into the rest of this message. So, two weeks ago, we launched a brand spanking new series called Visionary, and pretty much that is not a real word, by the way. Uh, that's just a word that we made up and merged two words together, the word vision and the word engineering, and we blended them together and we got this word visionary. And the reason why we titled this, vision, uh, this series of visionary is because at the heart of this series, we want you to be able to develop vision and to be able to execute. Because at the start of the series, and we said, is that everyone ends up somewhere in life, but not everyone ends up somewhere in purpose. In other words, everyone in this room, everyone in the world, and everyone who ever will exist, ends up somewhere in life, whether it's financially, relationally, professionally, we all end up somewhere. But not everyone ends up somewhere where they look at where they are or look at where they were and are happy with the way things are. And the reason why we launched this series is so that you can end up somewhere on purpose. Parts one and two in particular, we looked at how to develop vision and where it starts. And part one, we said that vision starts as concern. In other words, there's going to be something when you look at the way things are in the world that doesn't sit right with you. Something that concerns you about the way things are and you feel the need to go out and do something. Then last week in part two, one of our amazing communicators, Chris, picked up off that idea and looked at the importance of patience and how we need to be patient productively in order to execute a vision. And he left us with this question of uh, what will it take for you to consider 2017 success? What will it take, what will you need to achieve for you to consider 2017 a success? Now, tonight, in part three, we're going to be tacking off that idea, off that question, and looking at how you end up somewhere where you want to be, how you can succeed in 2017, but how you can succeed in life, so you can end up somewhere on purpose. Because, at the end of the day, we all know where we want to be at some level, but the thing that stops us from getting to where we want to be isn't the question of uh, knowing or isn't not knowing where we want to be, but it's not knowing how to get there. This is the single question that will either make or break your vision. If you've ever had a vision, everyone encounters this question. It's a question of how. If you don't know how to get from where you want to be to where, uh, from where you are, you will never achieve your vision. Your vision will never be more than fantasy. So tonight, what we're going to be looking at is how you respond to that question of how. How can you discover the answer to it so you can end up where you want to be in life? Because when we're faced with this question, there's generally kind of two uh, major responses that we have, and they're not very helpful, but they're just the default responses that we have. One of them is just to give up. We don't know what uh, we need to do, we don't know how to get there, so we figure that we're going to quit. It's a lot easier to do what we already know how to do. This is the reason why I have never learned how to use a swing, a playground swing. I can't actually use a playground swing. I am 19 years old, going on 20, and I have never used a playground swing. It's not that I don't want to, I really, 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 I really want to be able to use a playground swing. 
And like, I'll just take you back to that moment where that vision was born. I was four years old. Mum had picked us up, uh, me and my younger brother, and we went out to Zilmere Park for an afternoon play. We went out there, Mum unbuckled me out of the car wearing my bright orange bucket hat and my uh, Bob to Builder gum boots at the time. And I get out of the car, I step out of this car, and before me is this immaculate playground. I mean, immaculate playground. There's a slippery dip, there's this jungle gym, there's a spider climbing thing. People are running around, it's absolutely exciting, but off to the right-hand side is the most exciting bit of all, the swing set. There's two swings there, one is vacant and the other one is just going back and forth, back and forth. There's this five-year-old kid and he's just going back and forth on this swing set. Now, I look at that and I'm like, I want that. I want that to be me. I want to be swinging back and forth, back and forth on that swing set. So, I bolt over to the swing set. I don't even grab mum's hand, I just leave her in the dust. I go over that swing set and I plant my body firmly on that seat and I grab the chains. Mum all of a sudden has realised I've disappeared and runs over and then screams out, Josh, are you alright? I'm like, yes mum, I'm just about to swing a swing. Do you, do, do, you, do you need me to push you? No, no, that kid doesn't, I don't need to either. So, mum, you sit over there, I'm going to swing this swing. I want to, and I'm going to. So mum's like, alright, walks over there, and it's just me and the swing. Firmly grasping these, these uh, poles to the side, and cleaning my bottom, and sit there, sit there, and sit there, and nothing. I didn't know how to swing. There wasn't an instruction manual, I didn't know what to do. And I sat there for a good 20 seconds. All of a sudden I started like moving my feet in weird ways and I started screwing up my face and sticking out my tongue and hoping that would change the situation, but I couldn't swing at all. So, being a four-year-old, I got up and I quit. And I never learned how to swing a swing. So, when we face the question of how, sometimes we just give up because we don't know how to. It's not that we don't want to achieve it, it's just that oh, we don't know what to do to get us to where we want to be. Other times, we don't quit, but we just wing it, right? We're Australians, so she be right, mate. Like, oh, I can work it out. I've never done that before. I'm not qualified for it, but she be right. I'm Australian. I know what to do. I don't actually know what to do, but I'm sure I can figure it out. And so we can tackle it in many different ways, trying to work our way to the end and get the desired result. But in my experience, she be right, turns out to she's not that right, and please bring over my mate and help me because I have no idea what I'm actually doing. And that's kind of the two basic responses that we have when we're facing this question of how. They don't move us from where we are to where we want to be. So tonight, I want to show you the third response. The response that will show you how to answer this question, to get you from where you are to where you want to be. And to do that, I want to take a moment to look at the autobiography of a guy who executed his vision and then document it uh, so that we can read it and reveal the question or the answer to our question. If you've been joining us for this series, we've been looking through the story of a guy named Nehemiah. And Nehemiah uh, lived around 450 BC and he was a man who had a vision. He had a vision to rebuild uh, the walls of his hometown, Jerusalem, and see its gates rebuilt and re restored to its former glory. Now, Nehemiah had one problem. 
He was the cupbearer to the king who lived 1,600 kilometers away from Jerusalem. So Nehemiah has this vision, but he can't get there. And he sits there for four months and just prays and plans over his situation, working out how he's going to be able to achieve and be able to get to Jerusalem to be able to execute this vision. And through these four months of praying and planning, all of a sudden opportunity arises. One day while he's uh, working for the king, all of a sudden the king recognises that things aren't right with Nehemiah, that he's sad, that things aren't going well for him. And asks him, you know, what's wrong? Which Nehemiah responds, I just found out that my hometown is decimated and I want to fix it. And uh, the king asks, then what do you want? I want to go back to Jerusalem and fix it. I want to be able to rebuild these walls and restore it back to its original state. So the king gives him the thumbs up, gives him the green light. And Nehemiah packs his bag, they organise another cupbearer and take his spot. And Nehemiah gets up and walks to Jerusalem. And he endures a 1,600-kilometre journey to Jerusalem. And he gets there. I'm sure he's excited at this point. All of a sudden, his vision is before him. But so is that question, how? All of a sudden, Nehemiah has to work out how he's going to rebuild these walls. This wasn't a small task. This was some sea walls. These were massive walls. He had to rebuild them. And not only that, Nehemiah was a cupbearer to the king. He wasn't an architect. He wasn't a builder. He didn't know anything about construction whatsoever. He wasn't qualified to execute his vision. All he was qualified to do was drink wine and make sure it wasn't poison. So Nehemiah, faced with this question, is asking himself the same question that me. How am I going to achieve my vision? How am I going to move from where I am to where I want to be? But instead of giving up, instead of uh, winging it, Nehemiah does something very different. And we're going to look at that right now. There we are. Uh, the Nehemiah documents it. He's like, so I, Nehemiah, arrived in Jerusalem. So he's endured this journey. He's got to Jerusalem. Three days later, Nehemiah slipped out during the night, taking only a few others with him. I had not told anyone about the plans, or aka the vision, that God had put on my heart for Jerusalem. Now what Nehemiah is really telling us here is, he's gone to Jerusalem. He's been there for three whole days. Yet, he's told nobody about the plans or the vision that he has for Jerusalem to rebuild its walls. In other words, he's done nothing. He's done literally nothing. He hasn't built, he hasn't stacked any bricks, he hasn't gotten together resources. He's just done nothing. He tells us he's been doing nothing for three days. Instead of going out and hacking and starting to build this wall, he spends three days just hanging out in the tent. So what's he doing in the tent? Well, he's talking to people. He's assessing the situation. Nehemiah has never been to Jerusalem. So he takes time to assess the situation and talk to people. And he tells us that he gathered a small group of people, a group of people who sneaked out at night. And after dark, he tells us in verse 13, that after dark, he went out through the valley gate. So him and this group of people go out through the valley gate in the dead of night past the jackal's well, over the dung gate, to inspect the broken walls and the burned gates. Nehemiah has been 
spending three days in Jerusalem. He's encountered this question of how. Instead of giving up, though, instead of just winging it, he spends three days to talk to people, to investigate the situation, to analyse what's actually going on. But he just doesn't do this alone. He gets an outsider. He gets a few people from the town. Imagine this group would have been filled with architects and builders, people who knew how to achieve Nehemiah's vision. And he goes out with that small group of people, no more than him, about achieving his vision, to inspect the burned gates and uh, the broken walls. He goes out with that group and inspects, analyzes, he investigates what's going on. He gathers information and data about the situation, and from that, time of investigation, Nehemiah discovers his next step. He works out what he needs to do next. And goes to the people of Jerusalem now. He hasn't told them about his vision, but now he knows what he needs to do next. He knows how to rebuild the wall. And he goes to the people and casts them his vision. He shows them what he wants to do and he tells them, I want to rebuild these walls. Will you help? To which they respond, yes, let's start rebuilding these walls. Nehemiah didn't know how to achieve his vision. He wasn't qualified to, but that didn't stop him. He found others who knew more than him about his situation. He investigated his situation. He discovered what he needed to do next through his investigation. And all of a sudden, his vision was set in motion. And through taking step after step after step, these walls were rebuilt, and Nehemiah's vision was accomplished. But it all started with investigation, looking at the situation and talking about it. And that's where vision needs to begin. When you're moving towards a vision, you need to investigate before you initiate. When you don't know what to do next, when you're faced the question of how, and you don't know how to move from where you are to where you want to be, the question or what you need to do is not just go out and wing it or initiate and go do something extravagant but simply investigate. Find other people who know more about the situation than you know. more about how to move from where you are to where you are. Why? Because investigation shows us the next step in moving in the journey towards our vision. It shows us what we need to do next. And in achieving a vision, it's a massive journey. And yes, we want to get to step five and 10 and 105, but at the end of the day, we're going to start with a step right in front of us. So in order to know that step and be able to take that step, we need to investigate and to be able to talk to other people in So to help you uh, know how to get from where you are to where you want to be, uh, I'm going to leave you something, I want to leave you with something uh, which we call former, which is just something you can take away from tonight and apply to your everyday life because we believe at the end of the day there is no point in a church on Sunday if it doesn't impact you or change you for a this week's four money is really practical in that there's three steps to it. Uh, there's, it's going to require you to do something, but guarantee you, if you go out and do this four money, if you go out and step and put yourself out of this comfort zone, it will have impact on where you are and it will move you closer towards your vision. So this week's four money, firstly, what you need to do what you want to do and investigate your situation. Find someone who knows more about who you are, where you want to be, and how to achieve your vision, and learn from them. If your vision is to pursue a 
particular career, this week's Paul Monday, I want to challenge you to go and find someone who's in that career or was in that career and talk to them. Send them an email and ask them questions about how they got to where they are. Ask them questions about their profession. Ask them for their advice. Your vision is to be debt free, to manage your money well. This week, I want to challenge you to find someone who is debt-free or was in debt and now has moved out of that uh, situation. It's got themselves financially supported. Talk to them. Ask them how they did it, what strategies they implemented and what they did. And investigate the situation. Your vision is to be an amazing leader, whether it's in your university or at home or at school or in your workplace, whatever it is. If you want to be amazing, leader. I want you to do what every high school student does when they want to get a better mark in their uh, school grade. Find someone who knows more than you. Talk to them. Ask them questions and learn from them. And that is how you'll be able to discover your next step. This week's format, as I said, really practical. It's going to require you to do something. It's three steps. First step, investigate your situation. Find someone who knows more than about you than they uh, than you do and learn from them. Step two, determine your next step. Taking into account your uh, discussion with this person's conversation, taking into account where you are, where you want to be, determine what you need to do next. Understand or work out what needs to be done today to move towards where you want to be tomorrow. Determine that next step. Now, we could be just done there. We know what we need to do, right? We've investigated. We know the next step. However, Knowing the next step, knowing what to do, and investigating our situation doesn't actually move us towards our vision. It doesn't actually change anything about where we are. The only thing that moves us to where we want to be and helps us achieve our vision is actually action. It's actually doing something about what needs to happen. It's acting on what we know. So this week, I want to encourage you and challenge you to investigate Find someone who knows more about your situation. Determine your next step, and then finally do it. Go and do it. Go take that next step. Now I know it's for serial planners. This, this is a this is a challenging thing. You know, you want to know every step along the journey. For people, so you know, your next step may be a challenging one. It may be one that scares you. Maybe force you out of your comfort zone. I want you to know that you don't have to be afraid of taking that next step. Because alongside you, is it, it's not just you attacking this vision. But there is a God who loves you, who cares for you, and wants the best for you. And He loves you so much so that He was willing to send down His Son to die for you. And He wants the best for you. And He wants to partner with you and work alongside you to help you achieve that vision. Help achieve the vision that He has so if you're worried about taking the next step, if it scares you, don't worry. If it's scared you, you might take that next step as well. I want you to know that you can trust God with the journey because He loves you and What you need to do is all you need to do is have the courage to take that next step. Trust God with the journey and have the courage to take the next step in that journey. And by taking that next step, by having that courage, you will move closer to you. Everyone who ever achieved a vision, it all started with having the courage to take that first step. 
having the courage to take that next step and begin to initiate on their vision. When you're watching the tennis, you look at Serena, you look at Fedra, you look at Nadal, you look at people who are amazing, and you look at them and you ask yourself, how did they get so good? Why are they so talented? And at some point, they were just like, you had a vision of being successful, had a vision of being where they are today. And when we look at them on television, when we look at them uh, in their uh, professions, we're not looking at people who are just born talented. We're looking at people who have the courage to take that next step, to initiate on their investigation. People who took the time to learn from others, to talk to coaches, to talk to other players and learn from them. And eventually determine that next step and take it. Train hour after hour after hour. Taking step after step after step. And when we look at them today, they're people who have achieved where they are, what they always want. The people have achieved their vision. And it's the same for you and If you want to achieve your vision, all it starts with is having the courage to take that next step. Trusting God with your So I want to challenge you this way, to investigate Find someone who knows more about your vision than you do. And then determine your next step. Eventually, take it. Move towards God. Move towards that vision. God has to be alive. Why don't you pray? Dear God, we just thank you that you have a plan for our life. You have a purpose for our life. We just pray that you can put people around us who can show us the next step in our journey towards that plan, towards our future. Lord. Just pray that uh, you would show us the Lord. You would give us the courage to be able to take that next step to move towards our vision.